If you'll go ahead and turn to John chapter 7, verses 32 through 39. John chapter 7, verses 32 through 39. While you're turning there, if you're new, um, Haynes Creek, we, we preach... Uh, expositionally, which just means we go through an entire book of the Bible. We believe that this is God's Word. We believe it has the authority of heaven. Every word is inspired by God, and so we we, we believe it to be responsible um, servants of the Lord. We want to know His Word and know it well, so we go through the entire book. And right now we're going through the book of John. This morning we're going to read from two consecutive passages. They're not very big, but they are linked. They're connected, and John puts them together for a reason, so we're going to read them together. Okay? Before we read, I want to draw out this truth, okay? Um, this, is the, this is the overarching point that I'm trying to make this morning. From the moment we first believe in Jesus to the day we see Him in glory, every step we take in our walk with God is possible because Jesus Christ has gone before us. I'm going to say that one more time. Okay. From the moment we first put our faith in Jesus to the day we see Him in glory, every single step we take in our walk with God is possible because Christ has gone ahead of us. Okay? So if you'll stand for the reading of God's Word... Holy Spirit says, The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him, and the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer, and then I'm going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, you will seek me and you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's pray. Father, make very clear that Jesus' work is all we have. Father, make very clear that our lives, that the Christian walk, is simply walking in the footsteps of Jesus that He is our power, that He is our strength, and that there is nothing that we can do that He did not first do. Father, let this sermon increase our faith, let it increase our knowledge of God, and let us find our joy in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And all these things we ask in Your Son's name. Amen. You can be seated. Almost every single thing I've ever accomplished in my life is because someone else went before me. 
Almost every single thing I've accomplished in my life is because someone went ahead and did something before I showed up. I grew up in a decent home and had nice things because my mom was essentially put out when she was 18. She went out on her own, worked really hard. It took her 13 years to graduate college because she was working as a lawyer's secretary. She worked her way up so far, my mom went from being a secretary to a vice president at a bank. I got my first job as a waiter at Ruby Tuesdays. Are we, we got Ruby Tuesdays people here? I was a bad waiter, but I was a waiter at Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> because my dad... I don't know Because um, <laughs> my dad essentially got me the job. He knew a, a guy, that a student, a former student, that was assistant manager. I was... I wasn't even, in the state of Kentucky, you got to be 20 in a day to serve alcohol, and I wasn't even 20. I was, I was 19, and I still got the job. I, dad, dad knew uh, Ryan. I was able to go to college because my grandfather was the first in our family to go to college. All the things I've done in my life, I've earned, and I've worked very hard for. But I stood on the shoulders of others and their work. I walked behind trailblazers. I walked on the road that they paved for me. And without them going ahead of me, I could have done absolutely nothing. That's the way we got to read this text this morning. Jesus has to finish His work if sinners are to see the face of God. Jesus tells the Jews that where He's going, they cannot come. And the reason they cannot come is because they need someone to go in front of them first. They need a mediator. They need an intercessor. They need an advocate. They need a second Adam who's going to take them to the Father and make up for the curse of the first Adam. They need someone else's righteousness. They cannot come with Jesus because Jesus must go before them as their advocate with the Father. And you just, just take some text here. All in the book of John. Okay, John chapter 6, verse 44. I've already read this. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. John 14, 6. Y'all know this one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through... Me. Time after time in the book of John, Jesus is making one thing very clear to His disciples. For you to die to yourself, I have to die first. For you to be resurrected, I have to be resurrected first. For you to ascend to the Father, I have to ascend to the Father first. For you to be glorified, i got to do it first. He's the first fruits of the resurrection. He is the first to be glorified. He is the first son of Adam, son of man, to live a perfectly obedient life, and our lives are staked on that. Every step we take in our walk with God is possible because Jesus went before us. Our lives are acceptable in the eyes of God because Jesus' life is acceptable in the eyes of God. We stand on His merits. We stand on His righteousness. We stand on His work. We stand on His perfect life. Just like me standing on the shoulders of my hardworking parents, grandparents, and their work, 
Believers stand on the foundation of Jesus' work and not our own. Think about this. If we're found in Christ, if we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, we actually, in some sense, possess Christ. We actually possess Him. He's ours. We have Him and He has us. And if we possess Christ, we possess His power, we possess His love, we possess His wisdom, we possess His holiness, but none of that we can have unless Jesus finishes His work. That's what He's telling these people. Verse 34, You will seek Me and you will not find Me. Where I am, you cannot come. This isn't Jesus going, Ha ha, I'm going to heaven, you're not. That's not what Jesus is saying here. This is Jesus making a statement about their sin. They can't come with Him because they're still stained with iniquity. They're still subject to death. They're unholy and that means they can't stand in the presence of a holy God. But folks, here's Jesus' point in verse 34. I can. I can go because I'm not stained with sin. I can go because the fullness of God dwells in me. I can go because I'm holy, I'm just, I'm righteous, I'm good. I can go because I'm the Son of God. Verse 35. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that he will not find him? That we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? Without getting into detail with what that specifically means, here's what it means. They don't have a clue what Jesus is talking about. They have no idea why He's come. But they should. They should know what it means for God to go ahead of His people. Here's a question for you. Don't answer out loud, Josh. (laughs) John will answer. Can you all think, just for a second, where in the Old Testament we find God going ahead of His people. The wilderness! Exodus 13, verses 21-22. through And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. So without the pillar of fire, Israel could not go anywhere in the dark. They could not see. God had to go before them and be their light. Now Jesus, y'all, don't miss me here, church. Jesus is the true light leading them into the true promised land, but they can't go with Him first because He has to go where? Ahead of them. Once again, God is leading His people with a new, better Moses who goes in front of his people. And that's what Jesus is saying. You can't come yet. I've got to finish my work. But they don't understand that. Jesus isn't simply our example. He's our forerunner. He's our trailblazer. He goes before us. And this is absolutely essential to the idea of faith. To have faith in Jesus is to follow Jesus. When you put your faith in Jesus to save you, what you're really confessing to the world is this. I don't know where I'm going and I, don't, I can't get there on my own, but Jesus has gone ahead of me and He knows the way. That's what it means when you say you have faith in Christ. 
I can't make it on my own. I, I, I have no idea where I'm going, but He knows. Because Jesus defeated the temptation of Satan, I can defeat the temptation of Satan. Because Jesus had the power to serve others, because I'm found in Him, I now have the power to serve others. Because Jesus was resurrected, because I'm indwelled by His Holy Spirit, I know that one day, Abby Tyler Todd will be resurrected out of the grave. Because He did it first. Can you see how sad it is when so-called Christians are trying to live their lives under their own power and according to their own desires? They're completely missing the reason Jesus lived. Jesus went before us so that we could live by His power and His strength and we didn't have to wander on this earth alone. Jesus is to be our light. If you go out this week, just, just think to yourself. I don't know where you work. I don't know what you do during the week. But if you go out this week and you live as you see fit and according to and the way you want to do things and you want to take care of the things that you desire and you want to go under your own strength, you will eventually turn in on yourself and you will implode. But if you walk by the Spirit, you abide in Jesus Christ. That means He gives you the power of His resurrection and you can die to yourself because Jesus died and you can be transformed because Jesus was raised and there is joy for those who are living for something and someone other than themselves. Jesus does not want people going out, living on their own, leading their own fleshly, indulgent lives. A Christian is someone who lives and breathes in the life and death of Jesus. The University of Georgia football team. There you go, Ken. Obligatory UGA reference. Here we go. Um, I'm not doing this just to appease my base. Um, I was actually quite fascinated with the fact that I just saw this week a statistic that just struck me about the UGA football team. And before I give you the statistic, I'll tell you, I think most people having watched UGA football under Kirby Smart would say, I'm not hating on Aaron Murray, I'm not hating on, uh, what's the kid's name with a broken hand now? I forgot his name. Jake Fromm. He'll probably lose his job anyway. The real power of UGA football is the running backs. Am I right? That's, that's where you kind of live and breathe. UGA does nothing unless they run. It's probably because he got it from... Excited. But here's a little stat for you. If I, you know, just, just guess, if you had to say, what's the average weight of an offensive lineman at UGA? I asked Philip Castellana, and he got it within two pounds. 324. 300, in case you missed it. 324 pounds. Those kids are like 19 and 20 years old. All five of them. That's an average. That means some kids are, are bigger than that. To the naked eye, 
The team runs on running backs. I think we know where the real power is. Is it not? And my point is this. A running back can go nowhere without who? His O-line. In fact, I would go so far as to say the QB can't do anything without his O-line. He has to follow his blocks. In fact, UGA, I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. Abby Todd, who knows nothing about you know, football at all. UGA will only go so far as its offensive linemen take them. And it's the very same thing in the Christian life. A true disciple of Jesus can do nothing unless he follows Jesus. They know that Jesus has gone before them. And guys, we've got to hold on to the fact that Jesus has supplied everything we need, every ounce that we need, has taken every step that we need to live lives pleasing to God. I've had people sometimes ask me, why did Jesus like... Why did he die on a cross when he was like 17? Why did, why couldn't he, why did he have to go all the way to 33? You ever thought about that? I've got people ask me that. Some of you are going, no, I had better things to think about. Um, why did he wait all those years? If his whole quest was to die on a cross, why not get it over with? Well, that just misses the entire point of the gospel. Jesus didn't just die for you. Hear me, church. Jesus lived for you. He didn't just wash away your sins. He gave you His spotless record. And you need every ounce of it every single day. We need every single part of Jesus' sinful life. Here's just a synopsis of what Jesus did for you. He justified sinners by His blood. He accounted them righteousness, righteous because of His obedience. Sinners are acceptable to God because Jesus intercedes for them on the, right, on the right hand of the Father. We're born again because He was raised from the dead. We have the promise that we will never die because He conquered death. We know that one day we will ascend to the Father because He ascended first. And we know we will dwell in glory because He was glorified first. He accomplished all those things for you. <clears throat> Get that. Make the decision. Pray this prayer. You're saved kind of junk out of here. The gospel is so deep you will never plumb the depths of it. We need every single part of Jesus' life and He is securing our redemption with every step that He takes upon the earth. Verses 37-39 On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to Me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. Now, now hold on here. Remember this part. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Before we go any further, let us understand this. The reason that the Jews cannot come with Jesus is the very same reason that they cannot yet receive the Spirit, and it is this. Jesus has not yet been glorified. If Jesus is not glorified, the Spirit cannot be sent, and sinners cannot be saved. For us to accomplish one meaningful thing in the name of Jesus, for us to accomplish one meaningful act pleasing to God, for us to receive one 
blessing under heaven, Jesus must accomplish His entire mission. When I go off to work every day, I go and I have my, my bag. If I pick up that bag, both the twins go, Daddy, work! They understand that. That bag means I'm going to work. And then, after when I go to work, they try to do the same thing all every day. What do they do? They try to follow me to work. And I'll get out my bag and I go, no, 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 hold on, hold on, no, no, you, you gotta go, you gotta stay. They honestly think they're gonna follow me to work. They don't know what work is. They don't even know what's in the bag. They just know they want to go with me. These people are the same thing with Jesus. They got no idea what they're asking. Now, when they're like pulling on me out the door, what do I do? Bug off! Man, start acting your age, you little. Two-year-old twins? Jeez. No! I go, hey, no, 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 no. Daddy's got to go to work. Daddy's got to make sure he, he, he makes money so that you have diapers. <laughs> Daddy makes sure that you get food so you can grow up big and strong. Daddy's going to go and make sure um, that you know he shepherds the flock so that he can make sure that you grow up big and strong like Daddy and you can have all those things. I'm trying to explain those things to them. They just don't understand it yet. And that is exactly what happens here with Jesus. Jesus is going, i got to go to work! You don't understand it yet? You don't even know why I came and you don't even really know what I'm doing now, but trust me, I'm going to work for you. Like children hanging on to daddy's leg, not even knowing what he's doing. They go, I want to come with you, Jesus. And he's going, you don't even know what you're asking. I've got to take upon myself the punishment for your sin death. I've got to pay your penalty. I've got to conquer death first. I've got to give you my spirit. From the moment we first believe in Jesus to the day we see Him in glory, there is not one single step we take that was not purchased by the work that Jesus accomplished stepping out the door and saying, let Daddy take care of it. Verse 39. Now this He said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in Him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. No glorification of the Son, no gift of the Spirit. No glorification of the Son, no gift of the Spirit. That is a critical connection for you to make in your mind as a Christian. The Spirit's job is to lift our eyes to a crucified, resurrected, enthroned Jesus. The Spirit's job is not to give you a little tingle when you sing hymns. The Spirit's job is not just to make sure you have a good entertainment value when you step into church. The Spirit's job is to lift your eyes to a crucified, resurrected, enthroned Jesus. I would imagine it like this. When the Son gets up to heaven, before He sends the Spirit at Pentecost, when He has accomplished His mission and resurrected and ascended to the Father, that when He goes and gets ready to send the Spirit, it is as if He is saying this, I have now finished my work, now your work is to go show them my work. The Spirit's work is to show us and display for us the work of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's almost like a little tag team. Jesus is getting up at heaven and just slaps hands with the Holy Spirit and like, get in there. The Son accomplishes the work of salvation 
and the Spirit ensures that we believe in His salvation. Do y'all see how the Trinity is working salvation for us even when we don't even have a clue? Here's my question this morning. Jesus telling them they can't come with Him, where I am, you can't go. What in the world does that have to do with us and coming to Him? What does it got to do with my life? What does it got to do with me when I go up and I drink my coffee and I go to work? I want you all to think briefly about an ordinary week for you. Some of you are teachers, so right now it's not ordinary. Some of you are on vacation, so it's not ordinary. But think about an ordinary week. Think about in the moments when you are given over to self-centeredness, selfishness, pride. Think about the times when you're getting really short with your kids. Think about the times when you show favoritism to people and you indulge your sin. Think about those times when you wake up, you kind of look up and you go, oh my gosh, I haven't read the Bible in a week. Think about those times when you have something hurtful to say to someone else. Think about those times when you're worried and plagued with anxiety and doubt and stress. Think about those moments because moments like that are when faith is important. Faith is not just about you coming down and getting to an altar call and going back and saying, I'm now saved. That is faith, and it can be. But faith is important in those little weak moments we have. And in those moments when you fall short of the glory of God, instead of just going back trying to pick yourself up and do better tomorrow, what faith does is it looks up to Jesus on His throne at the right hand of the Father, and it says, Jesus, my life is nothing but filthy rags. And yours is pristine, beautiful, holy, and good. Can I borrow yours? Mm. That's what faith does. I went out walking trails with Deborah on this weekend. He finally got me to go, man, I really wish Bob were here. He's just been plugging to get me to go to them trails for a year, and I finally did. And Deborah and I went back, and there's a part of the trail that is submerged completely with water. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I didn't come out. Deveron, I showed up. Deveron had, like, long pants, hiking shoes. I had shorts and my Nikes. I was like, I don't want to, you know, can we get around this thing? Can we pick another trail? Everyone's like, no, we're we doing this thing. And so, like a little cat, Devron like does a little and gets over the water. At first, I was really impressed. Devron, you you know, you're an athletic specimen, and I appreciate that. But then that told me that I guess I had to go too. And so, what did I do? I just watched where he stepped. And so, everywhere Devron stepped, I stepped. And I went there because if I didn't step where he stepped, I was going to fall. That's what it's like following Jesus. Watching His every step and following right behind Him. Faith in Jesus means following Jesus like your life Depended on it. Not making Jesus your buddy. Not making Jesus your companion. He is those things. But making Jesus your lifeline. Making Jesus your security. 
making Jesus that, that, that person that comes and saves you and redeems you, and who you owe your life to. But it's not just about making Jesus your example. It's not just about imitating Jesus. The Bi- Never open the Bible. Please, hear me now. Don't ever open the Bible like that's just some kind of playbook for you. It's not. Don't ever open the Bible thinking it's merely a map. It's not. Those are the God-breathed words from our Creator. And He's prescribed that book for us. He has written and composed that book for us because that is where our life is found. This is not just a playbook. You can take some if you want into a good little proverb, and I feel better this morning. Go to it like your soul depends on it. Following Jesus means constantly looking. I don't know why I'm pointing to the book now. Constantly looking to the life and death of Jesus, knowing that He has gone before us so that you don't have to take one step on this earth under your own power. Jesus has gone before us and He has supplied us with every single thing we need to live lives of joy, peace, security, and hope forever and pleasing to our Lord. Don't head out to work tomorrow. Forget about this sermon. Go to lunch. Come back and work more. Go home. Eat dinner. Turn on the TV. If you're like the Normans, do something that we can't figure out what you do. And live life like it's yours and it's, and it's you who controls your life. That's not following Jesus. Y'all, you've got to wake up every single day knowing that Jesus paid for that day in blood. You've got to wake up every single day knowing that Jesus tore out of the tomb so that you could live for something other than yourself. Wake up every single day knowing that Jesus died so that you could have living water. That's what following Jesus is like. Going to Him like a well. In verse 34, Jesus tells them, You will seek Me, and you will not find Me. Where I am, you cannot come. Well, here's the good news. Because Jesus went to the cross today, if you seek Him, you will find Him. And where He is today, we can come. Because of the finished work of Jesus, if you seek Him with all of your heart this morning and you trust in Him for salvation, you can have living water. It's because of His work and not our own. That's called faith. The altar is open. But I want y'all to know, when I call y'all and I invite y'all, this is no more faith coming down that aisle than faith looks on a Tuesday morning. Faith is just as valuable next to the water cooler at work as it is next to the coffee at church. It is just as valuable when you come home after a hard day than it is after you came home after a good sermon. You don't get extra points for sincerity in your faith because of where you are. You get sincerity, real faith, based on who it's clinging to. We need the entire life of Jesus because we live a whole life. He paid for it in blood. He conquered death. He was raised for our justification. 
He was raised in glory because we have the promise now, because of Him, we can walk all of our days with the hope of the resurrection because of His life and death. That's what faith means. Let us come to Him now in faith. Let's pray. Father, we are so faithless. What do you think faith is about? Mustering a, a feeling. You think we can measure faith in decibels or tingly feelings that we have. Father, faith is in the strength, the strength of faith doesn't come from us, nor does the power of salvation come from us. It comes from you. It comes from the work of Jesus finished on the cross. Father, let none of us here at Haynes Creek ever reach out in faith to anything less than a crucified Jesus. Let Him be our power. And let Him give those who ask living water. And all these things we ask in your Son's name.